Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Recalibrating the Scales. I'm your host and Chief Executive Resolutionist, Normie Avasca Scales, at your disposal. with our youth, of course. Once upon a time, we flourished in in an uncensored world. Do you recall, my dear listeners, not incredibly long ago, when sound effects were utilized in lieu of profane vernacular, one of my favorite words, albeit via audio, song, lyrics, television, or the silver screen itself. Gone are the days when cable and basic television restricted content by virtue of shielding our precious cargo, our precious youth, that is. My, 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 what an evolution has unfolded, resulting in the boundless society we've morphed into. Ladies and gentlemen, my dear listeners, we're literally basking in a realm void of any parameters. Please note that I'm not coming from the vantage point of a prudish or Puritan perspective, or prudish or Puritan woman, that is. But from the vantage point of, you know, of someone who staunchly advocates preserving a significant degree of moral fiber, I'm not saying less than to forego your expression. I'm just saying to express thyself within reason. You know, we do still have children amongst us, do we not? However, case in point, our society has has sent uncensorship off the rails. I'm pretty sure. Many of you, if not most of you all, would agree. And yes, I am a proponent of expression, as I've already alluded to, within reason. Yet I must concur that the degree of modern uncensorship is conclusively unprecedented. Nevertheless, nevertheless, given the unplugged on steroids climate we're resting in, it behooves of us all to diplomatically educate our children, our youth, about sex, sexting, cyber safety, cyber crimes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, yada, 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 and other relevant issues comprised of such or pertaining to such. So I implore you all to ask yourselves the following, my dear listeners. Is Ethan Zuckerman's statement, and I posted posted this on the episode page, I quote, while the internet is censored in China, the censorship is allowing a level of speech to take place that is unprecedented. Is that factual and why? Now, he's just speaking on a level of speech, but society has evolved to such a degree that we've transcended speech and now we're uncensoring out-on-out physical behavior via various mediums. Also, is it necessary to educate our youth about sex and sexting, cyber security, some part of the cyber safety, et cetera, et cetera, and why? My mother has been generous enough, you know, and she's approached me from a a religious standpoint. Now, you've heard me allude to this before. I am am 
I am staunchly, staunchly spiritual, yet I'm religious. Yes, God is my higher power, the one upstairs, that is. Uh, but my mother, you know, from a religious perspective, you know, she's in a conservative religion. She's been generous enough to share some very relevant and pertinent literature with me that I, in turn, am obliged to share with all of you. And, it, and of course, I'm going to share with share in its abridged form. Okay. So here's one, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. And this is actually coming from JW.org, might I add. Okay. This one is called, titled, Talk to Your Children About Sex. Okay. Abridged, that is. So Alicia, a teenager, says, Sometimes I'm just curious about something regarding sex, but I feel that if I ask my parents questions, they'll think I'm up to something bad. Inez, Alicia's mother, says, I would love to sit down and talk with my daughter about sex, but she's so busy with her own life. It's hard to find time when she's free. Today, as I've alluded to, sex is literally everywhere, on TV and movies and plastered all over advertising. It seems that the only place the subject, subject is still considered taboo is in conversation between parents and children. I wish parents knew how nerve-wracking and embarrassing it is to talk to them about sex. And this was uh, a teen, quoted you know, by a teen um, in Canada named Michael. He says it's easier to talk to a friend. I'm pretty sure many people, and you know, albeit youth, would agree. Even on an adult level, it is easier to speak with someone that you share some sort of camaraderie with. Often parents are just as reluctant as their children to broach the subject. In her book, Beyond the Big Talk, health educator Deborah H. Hafner says, many parents have told me that their, their children, they bought their children a book on sexuality, on puberty, they left it in, a, in their preteen's room and never discussed it again. Hafner says that the message to children is clear. Quote, we want you to know about your body and about sex. We just don't want to talk to you about it. Well, I have a different school of thought. I actually am one of those parents who'd mutually done the same. Uh, this was some months ago. You know, I stumbled upon a boy's body book. I've actually posted an image on the episode page of the platform to share there's the body book for boys, and there's the body book for girls. So I privileged my son I, uh, with one of those, and he received it very well. He was actually grateful, and, and he conveyed his gratitude to me, you know, for taking it upon myself to step out of my comfort zone. Well, not step outside my comfort zone. I'm, I'm comfortable. I think that he may be uncomfortable, you know, in purchasing the book for him and actually for a dear friend, a son of a dear friend, one of my best friends, and actually having just adult, you know, one, I'm sorry, not adult, those one-on-one -on -one conversations with him in great depth about the actual topic, the pros, the cons, the ramifications, the advantages, the disadvantages, diplomatically, of course. So if you're a parent, it says you need to take a different stance. So here's what JW suggests, okay? JW.org suggests. It says, indeed, it is crucial that you personally talk to your children about sex, and they invite us to consider three reasons. One is the sexual landscape, which has changed. There is no longer the quick definition of sex. A husband and wife having intercourse, says 20-year-old James. Now, there's oral sex and sex, cyber sex, even sexting over the phone. 
Two, it suggests your children will likely be confronted with misinformation at an early age. Very true. And it says that they will hear about sex as soon as they start school, says a mother named Sheila, and they will not get the viewpoint that you want them to have. That's also a brutally, brutally honest statement. <laughs> Three, your children have questions about sex but are not likely to initiate this discussion with you. Frankly, she says, I have no idea how to start a conversation with my parents about sex, according to 15-year-old Anna from Brazil. So really talking to your children about sex is part of your God-given responsibility as a parent. And this is coming from a conservative source, ladies and gentlemen. So they're actually advocating it, just as I. So true, it may be awkward for both you and them. On the positive side, though, many youth would agree with 14-year-old Danielle, who says, we want to learn about sex from our parents, not from teacher or t- a teacher or TV program. So how then... Can you talk to your children about this important yet admittedly awkward topic according to their age? So unless they live in total isolation, children begin hearing about sex at an early age. Even more disturbing is the fact that in these last days, wicked men have advanced from bad to worse. Okay? And they quote a scripture. I'll actually furnish the scripture. You know, it's 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 and 13 which alludes to, says, sadly, many children are exploited by adults for perverted sexual purposes. Also, also astonishingly true. It is therefore important for you to start educating your children while they they are still quite young. Early intervention, ladies and gentlemen. If you want, if you wait until they're nearly in their teens, says a mother in Germany named Renate, They may not want to speak openly because of the inhibitions that come with puberty. The key is to give children information that is appropriate to their age. Okay? Now, I continue. So, for preschoolers, focusing on teaching the proper names of of the sex organs and emphasize that no one should touch these organs. Okay? That is another piece of advice that is rendered, okay? I started teaching my son when he was three years old, says a mother in Mexico named Julia. Just knowing that teachers, babysitters, or older children could hurt him concerned me very much. He needed to know how to protect himself from strangers. So try this, okay? Train your child to respond firmly if anyone attempts to play with his or her sex organs. For example, you might teach your child to say, stop that, I'm going to tell on you. Assure your child that telling is always appropriate, even if the person promises gifts or makes threats. For primary school children, use these years as an opportunity to add to your child's knowledge gradually. Test the waters before having a talk, recommends a father named Peter. See what they already know and whether they want to know more. Don't force the discussion. It will likely come naturally if you regularly spend time with your children. Try this. Have frequent, short discussions instead of one big talk. And that's cited in the biblical scripture, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6 through 9. This way, you will not overwhelm your children. Furthermore, as they grow up, they will have the information they need in accord with their maturity level. So for adolescents, it says now is the time to make sure that your child has sufficient knowledge of the physical, emotional, and moral aspects of sex. 
Boys and girls at my school are already hooking up, says 15-year-old Anna, quoted earlier. I think that as a Christian, I need sufficient knowledge about the subject. As embarrassing as sex may be to discuss, it's something I must know about. A caution. Teens may hold back from asking questions because they fear that their parents will, sus will suspect them of improper conduct. That is what one father named Stephen found. Our son became reluctant to discuss sex, he says. But later, we found out that he felt we were suspicious of his behavior. We made it clear that we were not discussing these subjects because we suspected him of anything. We only wanted to make sure that he was equipped to handle the bad influences around him. So try this. Instead of confronting your adult with direct questions, I'm part of your pardon me, confronting your adolescent with direct questions about a particular matter regarding sex, ask how his or her classmates view the matter. For example, you might say many people today feel that oral sex isn't really sex. Is that how your schoolmates feel? Such indirect questions are more likely to get your adolescent to open up and express his or her own views. Overcoming awkwardness. Granted, talking to your children about sex may be one of the most awkward parenting tasks you will face, but it is well worth your effort. Over time, says a mother named Diane, the awkwardness phase and talking to your child about sex can actually become a bonding opportunity. Stephen quoted earlier, agrees. It becomes easier to discuss awkward topics like sex if you establish a routine of being open about whatever subjects present themselves in the family. He says, adding, the awkwardness never completely goes away. But open communication is the lifeblood of a healthy Christian family. Ask yourself, read the following comments received from youths around the world, and then ask yourself the accompanying questions. My parents tell me to read articles dealing with sex and then approach them if I have any questions, but I wish they would talk to me more about it. And that's Anna from Brazil. So why do you think it is important to do more than simply give your child material to read? I know so many twisted things about sex, things that I think my father has no clue about. He would be horrified if I asked him about it. And this is Ken from Canada. So what fears might your child have about talking to you regarding his or her concerns? When I finally got the courage to ask my parents a question about sex, they replied as if accusing me, asking, why would you ask about that? Has something happened? And this is Masami from Japan. When your child asks you a question about sex, how can, can your reaction either open the door for future discussions or close it? It would help if my parents would reassure me that when they were my age, they were asking the same questions and that it's normal for me to ask questions too. And this, and this is Lizette from France. So how can you put your child at ease so that he or she will feel more comfortable talking to you about sex? My mother would ask me questions about sex, but in a pleasant tone of voice. I feel that this is important so that a child does not feel as if he's been judged. And this is Gerald from France. So what tone of, tone of voice do you use when talking to your child about sex? Is an adjustment needed? Food for thought, okay? So now, let me give you um, some snippets of Another source, also from JW.org, 
titled How to Talk to Your Teen About Sexting. So we're getting a little bit more specific now. The challenge. You have heard that sexting is common among young people. Would my teenager do that? You may wonder. You, you want to discuss the matter with your child, but how? Before answering, consider why some young people have been become involved in sexting and why you should be concerned. So why it happens. Some teenagers send sexually explicit messages to flirt with someone they like. In other cases, a girl sends an explicit photo of herself because she's pressured by a boy to do so. Sometimes a boy will mass forward an explicit photo of a girl either to entertain his friends or to retaliate after a breakup. Whatever the cause, a teenager armed with a cell phone can get into a lot of trouble. I know we all agree with this. So in the click of a button, says the book CyberSafe, lives are changed forever. So many people fail to realize that once a photo goes into cyberspace, everyone, the sender loses control over how the photo will be used, which is relevant to my prior episode about modern age dating and transmitting photos and the like. So in one case, reports a bulletin from the U.S. Federal Bureau of Investigation, the FBI, an 18-year-old girl, quote, committed suicide after a nude photo she transmitted via her cell phone to her boyfriend also was sent to hundreds of teenagers in her school. Other students who apparently continued to forward the image allegedly harassed the girl. Now, as an aside, I like to step in, and I definitely will insert a forthcoming episode, if not more, on the very subject of suicides and this epidemic or pandemic, um, which has become, sad, sadly and astonishingly, a new norm of, um, how do I say, just, you know, there's just a level of comfort that our youth have found in suicides, okay? This is by no stretch of the imagination, never, in any shape, form, or fashion. I would never, never, I would highly, you know, it, it's something that I harshly, harshly forbid, okay? Uh, there are no circumstances. I've had very candid conversations with my son. Uh, there's no reason and there's no circumstance in which you would take your own life. Now, some may disagree, um, in, other, in some health circumstances, but I'm just, you know, no one should out and out commit suicide is, is, is nothing that I would advocate. I harshly, harshly oppose it. Um, I'm not an advocate of it. I want to be clear about that. So for any and all youth that may be listening, find a confidant, someone that you can confide in, um, preferably a parent or your caregiver, and definitely talk it out with them first. I mean, not uh, talk it out with them, period. I'm sorry, not talk it out with them first because it shouldn't be on the table. But if there was any thought in your mind that you would want to resort to something of this nature, please, please step out and talk to someone because I know it's a cry for help. So getting back to the source, okay, pardon me, um, legal issues. It says sexting also raises legal issues. In some places, for example, minors who have sent sexually explicit images to other minors have been charged with child pornography. This is new news. To, well, I've, I've learned a thing or two by the source. So they've been charged with child pornography offenses and have been required, get this, to register as sex offenders. Unheard of. As a parent, 
you too can be held liable if your name is on the cell phone contract or if you fail to take measures to prevent your child from sexting. Okay, so this is an act that can befall we adults. So definitely, definitely, please, please have these conversations with your, with your children. So what you can do, set clear rules. Although you cannot fully control your teenager's cell phone use, you can make sure that he or she knows your rules as well as the consequences for breaking those rules. So remember too, that as a parent, you have the right, and I quote, the right to monitor your teenager's cell phone. Bible principle, they, you know, this is a scripture cited, Ephesians chapter six, verse one. It also suggests helping your teenager to reason on the problem. Again, talking it out. You could say there are many opinions as to what constitutes sexting. How would you define the term? And what kinds of photos do you think are inappropriate? In some places, the law considers a minor who sends a nude photo of a minor to be guilty of a crime. Do you think it's that bad? Why would sexting be morally wrong? So listen carefully to his or her reasoning and help you, your teenager, to think beyond the send button. Okay? Hebrews chapter 5, verse 14 was also cited. Think beyond the send button. They also suggest presenting hypothetical scenarios. You could say to your daughter or son, suppose a girl is being pressured by a boy to sext him. What should she do? Give in so that, so that she does not lose a friendship? Refuse the request, but flirt with him anyway in the relationship. Tell an adult. Help your daughter to reason on the matter. Of course, you can use a similar approach with a son. And they cite Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. Appeal to your teenager's sense of goodness. Ask questions such as these. How important to you is a good reputation? What traits do you want to be known for? How would you feel about yourself if you humiliated someone? by forwarding an inappropriate picture? How would you feel if you took a stand for what is right? Help your team to hold, quote, a good conscience. And they cite 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 16. Set the example yourself. The Bible says, according again to JW.org, godly wisdom is chaste and free from hypocrisy. They cite James chapter 3, 17. For those of you all, I'm citing these scriptures in the, in the event that you want to, to fact check them yourselves or feel, you know, feel so inclined. Do your values reflect you, those words? We need to set good examples ourselves, not view images and websites that could be viewed as unsavory or illegal. And this is according to the book CyberSafe. Okay? So suggestion, if talking about sexting will be awkward for you or your teen, you might try this approach. First, have your teen talk about what others are doing, then say, I've heard a lot about sexting. Is this practice common? Next, find out how he or she feels about what others are doing. You could ask, do you think people grasp the consequences of sexting? Then discuss what your teenager would do. Respond by saying, let's talk about what you should do if you receive an explicit text tip. You could use a news report to start a discussion. For example, I read about a girl whose explicit photo was forwarded all over her school. Does, does this kind of thing really happen? Okay. So these are just a few snippets, uh, words of advice, according to one source. 
According to WikiHow, um, and this is titled How to Talk About the Birds and Bees, co-authored by Paul Cherniak, who's an LPC, it's a discussing sex and reproduction with a child for the first time can be an, an uncomfortable subject. Now, we've established that. However, it's best your child learns about these topics from you first, I agree, rather than being exposed to inaccurate information on the playground. Prepare this discussion ahead of time. Lean on outside sources when necessary and leave room for questions. Pre pre carefully planning and discussing the birds or the bees with your child will make them more confident and informed about sex rep reproduction and sexuality. After all, it, it's all about being informed as opposed to inundated. Number one, it says decide what you want to discuss. Over time, you should have a variety of discussions with your child or children about sex, sexuality, and reproduction. You should pre be prepared ahead of time in regards to what you feel most subject, you, you feel most comfortable discussing with your child. So what are you most comfortable talking about? Uh, some parents feel fine discussing the technical aspects of reproduction, but others balk at the idea as they fear they don't know enough to explain it well. You should strive to frankly discuss the topics you're most comfortable with upfront and lean on outside material, as we've already alluded to. Take your child's age into consideration. It's just to gather external resources. As stated, you might have to rely, again, on certain outside sources for some areas of the sex talk. What Makes a Baby a Baby by Corey Silverberg is a great children's book for parents looking to explain how babies are conceived and born to young children. The website Bish UK, that's B as in boy, I-S-H-U-K, one word, provides a range of topics for parents and teens that covers not only the physical aspects of sex, but its emotional impact. MTV, as part of their well-known Teen Mom series, was a suggestion. Speakeasy, a family planning association, has online guides to help parents Talk to kids about sex and reproduction at a variety of ages. So three, it says understand your child probably knows more than you think. Let's not be naive. Many parents underestimate how much information children absorb, even at a young age, about sex and reproduction. Try to maintain a calm demeanor each time you have a discussion with your child. Exhale, ladies and gentlemen, and do not react with anger, shock, or surprise if your child reveals that they already know some aspects of the topic. If your child takes a sex ed course at school, try and figure out what is covered. Even young children have some understanding of sex and sexuality. If your child claims they already know something you're trying to explain, remain calm again. It says have occasional big discussions. While you should be prepared to answer questions about sex throughout your child's life, now and then you might need to have a sit-down talk. Let your child know ahead of time you want to talk to them about sex and reproduction. It's best for your child to hear about sex from you for the first time. So aim to have the first sex talk as we've already established, not to sound redundant, as early as virtually possible, early intervention. Discuss menstruation with girls. As girls can start menstruating as young as nine. You should make sure your daughter feels comfortable to you with coming to you with any questions about periods. So your child should know the basic physical properties that lead to menstruation. It is helpful to have a medical drawing of the female reproductive system and the male anatomy as well, I would suggest. Your daughter should also know she can and should come to you the first time her period starts. 
uh, you will you will be able to find her the proper sanitary napkins or tampons and help her through the emotional impact menstruation they might have. Your daughter might already know what her period is or at least know the word. Discuss wet dreams, ejaculation, and erections with boys. While a 10-year-old might not need to know about the logistics of safe sex, boys do start experiencing arousal and erections as young as nine. So discuss these topics with your son early so he understands these things are a normal, normal part of growing up. Many boys have some idea of what erections are as they've noticed other boys experiencing them or heard crude boner jokes. Boys need to understand an erection is a hormonal response to the normal part of puberty and growing up. Don't shy away from hot topic subjects, okay? Let your child know he can come to you with questions. Look for learning opportunities. Model a healthy attitude about sex and relationships for your child. So the list goes on, but these are yet but a few. So I hope that you've all learned something both children, our youth, and adults alike. I'd like to carve out the time and space at this juncture to applaud my behind the scenes team, Bradley, as always, and all of you magnifying listeners spanning and speckling the globe. As always, this very platform rests upon your broad shoulders, so I implore your continued listenership. Until the next episode, this is Normia Vasquez-Scales, Signing off.